How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Sunday, September the 5th. Thanks for joining me here today, folks. And today, I want to talk about probably one of my favorite things in video games, which is the use of an established IP outside of video games being brought into video games. And this is on my mind particularly because of the recently announced Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is the tactics game from the developers of XCOM. And this is a game that I have allowed myself to get, I guess, irresponsibly excited for. And I say irresponsibly because I come on this show a lot and I say, don't buy into the hype, don't pre-order games. And I'm doing my best not to do those things, and certainly I won't be pre-ordering it, but it's the first time in a very long time that I've looked at a game and gone... Oh my god, I need to know everything about it. And I think in particular, one of the things that I really love is the fact that they are basing the game on a pretty limited run of comic books from the mid-90s. It was also called the Midnight Suns. And I'm sure at the time it was a big deal, there was a lot of crossover stuff going on. But this is going to be the first time that a lot of people have actually heard about the Midnight Suns. Certainly many people my age, where these comics were running when I wasn't even born. So, of course, that game has me excited, and then anytime we have, like, a popular movie or book or television show coming in and saying, hey, we're going to make some kind of video game based off of this property, I think that it becomes very, very interesting, because, as you might know, a game after that point can either become very, very good or very, very bad. And that all has to do with the intent of the game, with how the game development process happens, right? Like, for example, LEGO Star Wars. That is a game that totally reinvigorated LEGO and really put it on the map in the world of video games, was clearly made with a lot of love and a lot of care, and they were able to take the success of that game and launch it into collaborations with Harry Potter and Pirates and all the other, you know, kid-friendly IPs. But then there are also games which can come out pretty bad, right? The infamous example is E.T. came out in 1982 on the Atari It is often the game that is blamed for the crash that happened in the gaming industry the year after. And obviously that's an older game, but you can use any number of examples from games that have come out in the last 20 years, where maybe there is a movie coming out and they need the game to come out at the same time, and so development is rushed, and maybe they didn't go to the right people, and it's just a sucky game using an awesome property. But I think what's really interesting is is we're starting to see, especially in the last two, three, five years, the gaming industry is getting a lot more respect. And a lot of people are starting to understand that making a video game is a lot more complex and has very, very different considerations than something like a movie. I think that IP holders have seen enough games crash at this point that they know that it has to be done the right way. And now that's what we're getting. You might remember that when Lucasfilm recently started making a few more games with Star Wars, and then Indiana Jones has been announced. Uh, They did an interview where they said, hey, we considered starting up a game development company again, but the reality was, that's not the best way to do this. Let's just go to the people who already know how to make good video games, and let them do what they need to do. Apparently, the reason why Midnight Suns is happening is because Marvel actually approached Firaxis after XCOM 2. Uh, Some articles that came out recently were talking about MGM, and apparently they're doing a little bit of reformation, and they wanted to break it more into, into gaming. So they have IPs like Legally Blonde and Pink Panther, Adam's Family, Rocky, and Robocop, right? These major, major franchises which haven't historically done extremely well with games, besides maybe on mobile. 
And now they're starting to approach game developers and say, hey, use our stuff. You know, we can make something happen here. MGM is also responsible for James Bond. And James Bond has been pretty absent from games over the last 15 years. And certainly the golden age of James Bond is 20 plus years. And they kind of just disappeared from video games for a while, maybe because of a few releases that didn't go so well. But then folks like IO Interactive were making a game called Hitman, which would have been the perfect template for something like 007. And so they went over to the rights holders and they said, hey, I know you're not really interested in video games, but we just made a rockin' one that sold very, very well and is perfect for your franchise. Let's do some business. And so they did. So now that is very exciting to me. And of course, let's not even dive into the black hole that is Fortnite constantly doing stuff all the time. That's super cool as well. Uh, and I would, but I don't have the time. So folks, thanks so much for tuning in. It's greatly appreciated. Let me know what your favorite or least favorite IP games are. I wasn't able to get to all of them. And I'll be back with a news update tomorrow. So until next time, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Hello, my friends. I talked a lot about movies in that little segment there, but I think that this is rife for all kinds of IP. I'm thinking especially about books. We've seen some success there with things like The Witcher and Metro, but I mean, come on. There's so much fantasy out there to love. I mean, I think famously there's Brandon Sanderson as just kind of the big elephant in the room uh, if you're talking about fantasy authors in the last 10 years. And he has expressed great interest in establishing probably Mistborn as a video game, because he is a gamer himself. I think uh, the Stormlight Archive might be a, just a little bit too dense, a little bit too grand to turn into a super successful IP, but I don't know. I can see it working. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What else is there? There's books and movies and TV. Music? Is there ever any music IP? I don't think that really is. I mean, you can build games around celebrities, I guess. There have been plenty of successful celebrity video games. And you could see like a Gen Z popular artist making their own game. That's super possible. I don't know. On the other hand, it's it's kind of interesting because the game developer needs to consider how worth it it is to do the IP. Obviously, something like Marvel is just a slam dunk. But if you're going to like, I don't know, I could say RoboCop. Maybe not, because RoboCop is very nostalgic. But go to like a, a C-tier franchise, which had success in a certain period, you know. And at a certain point, you have to wonder, is having this IP actually going to boost my sales a whole bunch? And is going to be worth it for the revenue split? Or am I better off just coming on with my own thing? Or sorry, coming up with my own thing, right? Like this is where my head went when I just started talking about books. There's a lot of books I read that I think would be so cool as a video game, but how many people actually know about those books specifically? With Sanderson, it's a, again, a slam dunk. He's the biggest fantasy author in recent memory. But with like pretty much anyone else, <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but you know, you can read some really, really good books from authors who might not sell a million copies, probably won't, and would be totally worth adapting, but would not be totally worth paying for. Could just come up with your own thing. So, I don't know. Anyway, there's my thoughts on that. Uh, thanks for bearing with me yesterday. I didn't have an after show because had a bit of a medical emergency. So in between recordings, I decided I was going to go make dinner. And we have a gas stove now. You know, back in the old house, we had an electric stove. And in this one, it's like an open flame. 
It's great. It looks really fancy, but it also makes everything much hotter because it's an exposed flame. And so we had a, uh, a pan handle over top of a open flame and I forgot about it and I went to grab the pan and I just burned my whole hand. Thankfully, it was not as bad as it could have been. Uh, I did have to get some some ointment on there after dunking my hand in some water for hours. And it burned real bad last night, but today it's all good. It's just all blistered up now. And uh, I'm okay, but I, I was not ready to do an after show after that. Also, you wouldn't believe it. So I burned my hand like pretty bad. And then I forgot that I did that. And then I grabbed the pan with my other hand to get it out of the way. Why did I do that? Makes no sense. Jeez, what a fool I was. So then I put on an oven mitt on the hand that did not uh, did not get so burned, just so I could move things around. Anyway, what's going on besides that? Uh, I'm playing a game called Blasphemous. I think I told you about it a couple days ago. I still want to put in way more time than I have, but it's a good time. It is a... I think the combat could be a little bit more fine-tuned, I guess. A, a little more... It feels stiff, I guess. Like, I don't have complete control over what's going on. But it's got this great aesthetic, and I don't know, I'm just looking forward to what it has in store. I'm really hoping, though, that the movement it doesn't become such a huge deal, because as it stands, if I want to get from one place to another, it takes a lot of walking, and I don't like that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, anyway, I've talked enough. Thanks for being here. Back with the news tomorrow. And until then, cheers. <laughs>